Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Leah Brenda-Smith, and thanks for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety and Project Freedom Radio Network. Today we're talking about the four agreements. You know, everything that we do is based on agreements, and it's agreements that we've made whether we do it consciously or unconsciously. Granted, these agreements are, some of them are with ourselves or with other people. Some people make agreements with God or with life itself. Yet all of the agreements that we make, the most important of all of these are the ones that we make with ourselves. And through agreements, we tell ourselves who we are or how we are, how to behave, what's possible and even what we think is impossible. What direction to go in, who to trust, who not to trust. The ideas just go on and on. And these agreements are aligned always with whatever the beliefs are that you create in your mind. And your beliefs are based on your responses to your life experiences. So, you know, really any one agreement, uh, isolated incident of an agreement is not necessarily a real big deal in life. But when you have many agreements that are really born out of fear, then the fear-based agreements can deplete our energy. And fear-based agreements can diminish our self-confidence. You know the little running commentary that you have going on in your mind If you really questioned that or looked at that, you would see generally, you know, are your thoughts more, your beliefs more, the agreements that you have with yourself more of a positive nature, or are they more of a negative nature? Are they the base of them coming from love and acceptance and openness, or are they more fear-based that kind of depletes your energy and closes you down, makes you shy away from things? Today we're going to speak specifically about the four agreements that um, is the title of a book written by 
Don Miguel Ruz, and he offers really freedom. In his book, he's trying to offer freedom from the source of our self-limiting beliefs that can deprive us of joy and often create endless suffering. And clearly the limiting beliefs are the ones that are born out of fear-based conditioning. And through the agreements, we're offered an opportunity to notice to notice things and then pass them by, to notice the conditioning, but to pass it by in choice of something more positive and opening and open for ourselves. So now, although Don Miguel's four agreements appear to be simple, they can carry really the potential, they have a great potential to act as guiding principles. And these agreements can create the basis for a powerful code, if you like, a code of conduct that when we follow this can transform our thoughts and our words and our actions. And then the changes that come about can really inspire new levels of freedom, lasting fulfillment and love. Now often major blessings in our lives can be camouflaged in what may seem to be tragedies or unfortunate events. And in 1978, this is exactly what happened to Don Miguel. In in the aftermath of what should have been a fatal car crash, following that incident, he had an out-of-body experience that changed his life forever. So just to give you a little bit background on Don Miguel, from birth, he, he was surrounded by love and ancient wisdom of his Toltec lineage. And the Toltec were known throughout southern Mexico as women and men of knowledge. Anthropologists really spoke about the Toltec as a nation or a race of people. But Don Miguel asserts that the Toltec were scientists and artists who formed a society to explore and conserve the spiritual knowledge and practices of the ancient ones. They came together as masters and students at Teotihuacan, which is the ancient city of pyramids outside Mexico City, known as a place where man becomes God. So his grandfather, Leonardo, was a shaman, and his mother, Sarita, a healer. And through the teaching that his family shared, Don Miguel grew up enveloped in the sacred mystery and knowledge of old ways, the old ways of his Toltec ancestors. And although he was expected really to carry on the family tradition, in his heart he really felt more drawn to the healing arts of Western medicine, and he entered medical school. And he had the dream of becoming a surgeon. And he did. He worked as a surgeon alongside his brother, who is a neurosurgeon. But in spite of his success as a medical doctor, it was impossible for him to escape the reality of how he saw himself after his accident. So through his out-of-body episode, he experienced himself as pure energy, as pure consciousness. And he felt he had that feeling of being 
at one with the universe, which is actually a common thing that we hear people speak about. Out-of-body experiences or near-death experiences seem to report similar things. So in his own words, Don Miguel said, I realized I was part of everything, and everything was a part of me, including God. And by allowing the infusion of this truth into every cell, it began to loom larger than anything else I believed in. And subsequently, my perception of life began to transform. And then, inexplicably, all of the ancient wisdom I remembered learning from my mother and my grandfather came flooding over me, especially the recollection of my grandfather telling me we were all living a dream. That permanently hooked my attention. He'd also said, when we awaken from the dream, we have the power to change it. Not just for ourselves, but for everyone we know. So with this epiphany, I placed my feet upon the shamanic path in quest of truth. And at this point, I could no longer attempt to escape the fact that my soul had made a divine agreement to fulfill a mission designed to understand and share my knowledge of the Toltec wisdom with the entire world. So newly transformed, my realized vision, complemented by my medical training, compelled me to write The Four Agreements, A Practical Guide to Personal Freedom. The content of the book is based on the fundamental Toltec concepts. And they are very simple to understand, perhaps challenging to implement, yet powerful enough to change the way that you live your life. So that's what transpired for Don Miguel and what inspired him to put the teachings together in the form of these four agreements. And no doubt in some way, however subtle, I think most everyone has had a moment or will have a moment or a series of moments in life, you know, that really mark a turning point. They say that point of no return. When you realize or you recognize something so profound about yourself or about the world around you or perhaps even the world within you, that causes you really to change the course of your life. To make a change in pursuit of something that you feel you were compelled or called to do. So today we're going to explore the four agreements and offer some suggestions of how you can begin to implement this wisdom into your daily life. And starting to follow these guidelines may be one of those moments that changes your life forever. Now, the first agreement is to be impeccable with your word, to speak with integrity, to say only what you mean, and avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about other people. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. So really, to be impeccable could mean without sin, 
And in this context, a sin could be seen as something that you do or that you believe that goes against yourself. And this can translate as not speaking against yourself either to yourself or also to others. It means not rejecting yourself. To be impeccable means to take responsibility for yourself, which means to refrain from blaming others for your thoughts or your words or your actions. So the laws of cause and effect really apply to being impeccable with your word. Because what you put out energetically will return to you. And proper use of your word creates proper use of energy. So radiating love and gratitude perpetuates the energy of love and gratitude. And similarly, radiating fear or anger will yield more fear and more anger. To be impeccable with yourself... When you are impeccable with yourself, then that will be reflected in your life, in everything you do, in your relationships with other people. And this one agreement can help you to change so many other agreements, especially the ones that create fear instead of love. It's important to understand that when we use our word to create our reality, We do that all the time, whether we're aware of it or not. So if we can understand that, then it can have an effect on being more mindful of what we do with our word. So the reality that you create is only true for you and not necessarily true for anybody else. And the cause and the effect that your word creates, that's the story of your life. So when your words are based on love towards yourself and others, then your life may seem like a, like living heaven on earth or living in the Garden of Eden. When your words are based on fear towards yourself and others, then your life may seem more like a living hell, you know, fraught with worry and limiting beliefs and suffering. So really all the potential that you possess is based on your word. And depending on how you use it, your word can set you free or it can enslave you more than you realize. So the first agreement is about being impeccable with your word. And the second agreement is about don't take anything personally. Nothing that other people do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality. So when you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, then you won't be the victim of needless suffering. We take things personally when we agree with what others have to say. If we didn't agree the things others say would not affect us emotionally. If we didn't care about what others think about us, their words or behavior could not affect us. 
So even if someone yells at you or gossips about you or harms you or others you are close to, it's still not about you. Their actions and words are based on what they believe in their personal reality. So your personal book of law, if you like, or belief systems, really, that's what makes you feel safe. And when people have beliefs that are different from your own, then you can tend to get scared and defend yourself and impose your point of view on others. So if someone gets angry with you, it's because your belief system is challenging their belief system. They get scared, and then they try to defend their point of view. So when you understand this, then it's easier to ask yourself the question, why become angry? Why create conflict? Why expend energy arguing when you are aware that none of this is personal? That the thoughts, words, and actions of another person towards you is about them and not about you. Now, all people live in their own dream, in their own mind. They are in a completely different world from the one that you live in. So even when a situation seems so personal, even if others insult you directly, it has nothing to do with you. So the second agreement is don't take things personally. And the third agreement is don't make assumptions. So find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can in order to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and trauma, and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. You know, I'm really amazed and, and pleased as well at how often I hear people say, I've had enough drama for many lifetimes. You know, it shows a, a commitment, if you like, to discontinue the thoughts, words, and actions that create drama in your life and in the lives of other people. You know, more and more as people wake up and become more aware of cause and effect, new choices are being made to walk away from people and situations that are feeding off of and perpetuating that energy of drama. Drama, trauma, drama. You know, when you make assumptions, it's because you believe that you know what others are thinking and feeling. You believe you know their point of view and their dream. And in that moment, you forget that your beliefs are just your point of view based on your belief system 
and personal experiences and your beliefs and personal experiences have nothing to do with other with what other people think and feel everyone's personal belief system and personal experiences are unique to every individual You know, it's not so uncommon to make the assumption that others judge you or abuse you or victimize you or blame you in the ways that you judge, abuse, or victimize or blame yourself. But when you're caught in this kind of a cycle, it's also not uncommon to reject yourself before others have the chance to reject you. So when you think this way, when you're going down that line or that track of thinking, then it becomes difficult or near next to impossible to really be yourself in the world. Because in a way you're victimized by these assumptions and the idea of of blame and judgment within yourself, which is not the essence of who anyone is. These are things that are manufactured from conditioning and from fear. So the encouragement really is to take action and to be clear with others about what you want or what you don't want. And do not gossip and make assumptions about things that other people tell you. You want to respect another's point of view and avoid arguing just to be right. Respect yourself and be honest with yourself. And then let go of the expectation that people around you should know what it is that's in your head or what it is that you want or what your preferences are or how to treat you or how to care for you. You need to speak up and be clear with people. And not assume that people are going to know what it is you want or really what makes you tick. So the third agreement is... Don't make assumptions. You know, we have that tendency to make assumptions about everything. But the problem with making assumptions is that we believe that they are true. We make an assumption. We misunderstand. We take it personally. And we end up creating a big drama over nothing. So agreement number three, don't make assumptions. And then the fourth agreement is always do your best. Always do your best. And your best is not static. You know, it's going to change from moment to moment. Your best will be one way when you're healthy and it'll be different when you're sick. Your best will be different when you're tired than when you feel energized. But under any circumstance or under all circumstance, really the best that you can do is to just do your best. And by doing your best, you'll avoid that cycle of self-judgment and self-abuse and regret that can plague you, keeps people up at night. 
regretting things, if only I should, I could have, should have, what if I, you know, the stuff that goes on in the back of your mind. So always do your best is the fourth agreement. And doing your best can be translated into enjoying the actions that you're involved in without expecting any kind of reward or praise for it. Now, pleasure comes from doing what you enjoy in life and having from having fun, not from how much money you get paid to perform your tasks. So when you enjoy the path, and the destination will take care of itself. Living in the moment and releasing the past helps you to do the best you can in the moment. It allows you to be fully alive right now without needing to wait for something. You know, enjoying what is present, not worrying about what is not present, or what was present in the past, or what may be present in the future. And being compassionate and patient with yourself can go a long way towards inspiring you to do your best Taking the action that matches the resources in the moment can bring tremendous peace of mind. And practicing forgiveness, forgiving yourself, and forgiving others for any past actions will always enhance your ability to be present in the moment. No transformation will be the natural outcome when you focus on always doing your best with whatever your capacity is in the moment. In every day, moods change. Your best can change from one moment to another, from one hour to another, from one day to the next. And your best will change over time. Even as you build the habit of using the four agreements, your best will increase from what it used to be. Doing your best is what turns really our imagination into reality. It's how all human civilizations were created. You know, anybody could have a thousand or thousands of great ideas. But if you don't take action, then the ideas dissolve and never become reality. Don Miguel says that the four agreements can bring you the freedom, happiness, and love that you are looking for. I want to just take some time now to explore answers to some common questions that have come up for people, you know, about pl- applying each of the four agreements to your daily life. So there's the, the questions and then uh, the answers that um, Don Miguel supplies based on uh, the teaching of the four agreements. So with the first agreement, be impeccable with your word. You know, it's common. The common question is when someone's gossiping, you know, what's the most tactful way of stopping the gossip? And the best way really to stop others from gossiping is by not reacting to their gossip. Now, if you react, then you encourage them to gossip even more. 
And if you don't react, and they see that you're not affected by it, that at a certain point that they'll just let go of it. If you don't accept the, the poison of gossip, then the poison doesn't affect you. And another question regarding being impeccable with your word. If I'm talking to a friend of mine about another person, we both know. Does this mean that I'm gossiping? Even if I don't say anything bad about that person. But gossiping can have good intentions, bad intentions, or no intentions at all. But even when the originator of the gossip doesn't have a bad intention, the receiver of the information can change it into a bad intention. So whoever hears the information digests the information, and then they can change it according to his or her perception. So that's why really it's better to not gossip at all. And another common question is, if someone asks me what I think about someone else and I tell the truth, I feel like I'm gossiping. If I don't tell the truth, then I'm lying to that person. Just don't give any information is a good solution. Tom Miguel said that his grandmother, his grandfather gave that advice. He used to say to him, don't put your nose where nobody wants it. Just say, I have no opinion, or it's not my business. I had a great example of that actually in this past week myself with uh, with someone that I met, and I realized that I was um, uh, uh, putting uh, uh, doing what it is that Miguel's grandfather was suggesting not to do. He says, "Don't put your nose." where nobody wants it, or putting my own nose in someone else's business and giving my own opinion. And it, it was so wonderful to become aware of it and to then be able to state, oh, I'll stop doing that. That's none of my business. And remove my energy from that. And say, you know, I'll only give my opinion if it's asked for. And what a sense of freedom to do that. So... Just to be mindful of that, you know, don't put your nose where nobody wants it. Just say, I have no opinion, or it's none of my business. And another common question is, whenever I think about improving myself, I get confused, because then I'm not accepting myself exactly as I am. How can I accept myself exactly as I am without trying to improve myself? So the answer is that you can be aware that you want to improve yourself, but not because you believe you are not good enough. It's possible to improve yourself without rejecting yourself. And by having this awareness and not judging yourself, then you already have improved. So if you accept yourself, then you no longer judge yourself or find yourself guilty. And if you don't find yourself guilty, then you will not punish yourself. And then when you don't punish yourself, then automatically things start changing, changing, changing for the better. So those were questions to do with the first agreement. 
to be impeccable with your word. And then some questions and guidance on how to implement the second agreement, which is don't take anything personally. Here's a common question. I'm doing my best to not take anything personally. I understand that it's not about me. But when people criticize me or say something hurtful, I still feel really awful. What am I doing wrong? You know, and Don Miguel says there's nothing that you're doing wrong. You feel like that because you believe what they say. Because you align your beliefs with them. When someone says... What someone says will only affect you if you believe it. That reminds me of uh, something I remember from when I was a, uh, a youngster growing up in my great house full of siblings. And and um, there was a, a period of time when um, one of my uh, younger brothers was, uh, I guess, teasing really his uh, one of the other younger brothers. So that's two of my younger brothers. And the youngest, the one that was being teased, it was very upsetting to him. And he was really beside himself with not really knowing what to do. He felt so affected by the the teasing and the comments that his older brother was making. And so um, I was speaking with him about it. And, and at the time, I just asked him, I said, well, is what he's saying true about you? Are the things that he's saying true about you? And my young brother said, no, 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 that's not who I am, that's not true. And so I assured him, or tried to reassure him then, that it's okay, you don't even need to give it another thought. If he's not saying what's true, there's no need for you to feel badly about the things that he's saying. And I guess that's really the point of this, about not taking things personally. Initially, my young brother was taking what his brother was saying to him personally. And when he could separate that and realize he wasn't telling him the truth, then it's the experience of not taking it personally. So it's good for us to be mindful of that, to not take the things personally. You know, and John Miguel uses the example of imagine that you're a child and you and you make a little mistake that angers your father. You don't even know what the mistake is, but your father's angry and he says, you are a stupid child. You should feel ashamed of yourself. And then you agree with your father and you put your faith in that agreement and you believe it 100% without a doubt. And if that happens, then you grow up and now you say, I am intelligent. It's not true that I'm stupid. But when someone comes and says, what you did was stupid, you should be ashamed of yourself, you react with anger. And it's because you believe what that person said. You kept that knowledge in your head. The agreement that it's true, that you are stupid, you kept that knowledge in your head. And then later, when someone touches that old wound, the reaction is a lot of emotional pain comes up. But if you don't believe what he says, and you don't react, 
then you're able to laugh it off if you like. So if you believe that you are worth it and someone says you don't deserve that, then it doesn't affect you because you don't believe it. You agreed that you are worth it. You have that agreement with yourself that you're worth it. So then you can just laugh it off or let it go. Or even say, oh, sure, but you know you don't believe it. And it's because you don't believe it that it will not affect you. It's because you don't take it personally that it won't affect you. So that's really how that agreement of don't take things personally works. You don't take on the judgment of another person. Don't take on their assessment or their assumption of who you are. Don't take it personally. And then a common question about the third agreement, which is don't make assumptions, is how does a person stop making assumptions? My mind goes off and starts to think of all these things, and then I suffer all the time for no good reason. Now, the problem, Miguel says, is that you think too much. You're way too smart. You think too much. Your mind's like a wild horse that takes you wherever it wants to take you. And you have no control over all that thinking, all of those assumptions. So it's not just one assumption, but one assumption brings another, and the next thing you know, you have a whole internal universe of assumptions. He says that sometimes he teaches his apprentices to become a master of thinking. Like he says, why do you need to think at all? Become a master of thinking. See thinking as a tool for communication. Miguel says he goes through hours where he just doesn't think, and it's not because he's stupid. He says that he doesn't think because he doesn't have a need to think. What I know, I know. I'm full of knowledge. But why do I need to think about what I know? Why do I need to think, what is she doing? What is he doing? What if this happens? What if that happens? Just thinking, what if, creates so much drama in our lives. You know, every human can think a lot. And thinking can bring fear. And it's, you know, two o'clock in the morning and you're still there thinking, thinking, not sleeping. So it's like you need to tame that wild horse and learn to ride the horse. The horse has to obey you and take you where you want to go, not take you wild thinking. He's suggesting that there's an impeccable way of thinking. As an example, if you have a problem, then it's time to think. And once you make a choice about how to resolve the problem, then it's time to stop thinking and take action. Now you know the solution, so then the thinking is over. He's saying that more likely what happens is that you have a problem, you think of a solution, but then you don't stop thinking. You keep thinking. And you come up with another solution, and then you still don't stop thinking. 
So if you have just one solution, then you have all the power of intent and you can resolve it. If you have two solutions, then you divide the intent in two. Three solutions, you're losing more power. And then soon you become confused and you have to think about, well, which one of the solutions is the best? And when you feel confused, you feel powerless. And then you need to, you need, you need someone else to tell you what to do. That's the pattern. So making assumptions is all about thinking. And if you just stop thinking, then you no longer make assumptions. Then the, the, the next common question really about this is, is the difference between knowledge and assumptions. You know, if you have these voices in your head, what is it that's knowledge and what is it that's assumptions and are they the same? And Don Miguel suggests that really we can divide everything into what we know, which is known, and what we don't know, which is the unknown, and what we will never know, which is the unknowable. So we only know what we know, our knowledge. We only know the information that's accumulated in our mind by agreements. We know the whole reality that we perceive. We know what our dreams are. We know our own point of view. But the unknown is another story. So, you know, when you meet someone, you create an image of that person and you project that image onto that person. You only know what you project. And this is the known for you. But what that person has in their mind is unknown. You can make the assumption that you know what the person has in their mind, or you can make the assumption that you know your children, or you know your father, or your mother, or even your dog, but you don't know them. You only know what you believe about them. And it's only true for you. It's not true for anyone else. Because it's your dream. The truth really is, is that you will never know them. You hardly know yourself. But you pretend to know other people. You only know what your knowledge tells you. You only know the judgments that you can make about everybody the interpretations, your own personal point of view. You don't know what other people feel or what they think or what they believe or what they're dreaming. Yet you make assumptions that they believe what you believe, that they feel what you feel, that they see the world the way that you see the world. And it's knowledge that controls you. So if you control knowledge, then it becomes a tool for communication. Well, we don't make assumptions, we ask. And then other people will tell us what is in their world. It's really, it can be as simple as that. We don't have to make assumptions, but we also know 
that they will tell us what they know. And it doesn't mean that it's true. It's true in their dream and in their reality and not necessarily true for you. So that's a huge, huge shift in terms of that agreement to not make assumptions and to allow people to reveal themselves to you based on whatever their dream and their reality is inside of themselves. And there's so certainly no need for us to be in agreement. There's certainly no need to agree with others all the time that we should think and feel and, and want the same things or do things in the same way. It's certainly easy enough to coexist, cohabit beside people, even if your ways are so different. It's not a prerequisite to uh, having close friendships, having close relationships, or even having good relations with people in your life and in your world. I think we see that a lot. We have a lot of stories and we hear a lot of times about estrangements in families, and I think some of it comes from these assumptions It comes from an assumption even or an agreement at an unconscious level of things needing to be the same. But it's okay. It's okay for people to be different, even within a family, to have different beliefs, to have different desires, to have different dreams, to have different ways of doing things, to value different things. It doesn't mean you can't get along with people. So really, that agreement... The third agreement, you know, don't make assumptions. And just make room for people to be who they are and room for yourself to be who you are. So that's the third agreement. Don't make assumptions. And then the fourth agreement, always do your best. The common, common question about that is, always try to do my best. But what should I do when someone asks me to do something that I don't want to do or that I'm too tired to do? How do I do my best when I'm exhausted or just need time for myself? I feel like I'm always disappointing myself or disappointing someone else. Well, first things first. You know, you have to be honest with yourself and see if what you want to do if you want to do whatever it is that someone is asking of you, and if you don't want to do it, and you have the opportunity of not doing it, then just be honest and find the easiest way to say, I will not do it. Now, sometimes, of course, it's not possible. You might have a contract with someone, or you might feel that you have to do it because you know that it's going to help your life in the long run. For those times, then instead of believing that you don't want to do it, it's up to you. You can change your belief. You can create the desire. Create the desire to do whatever the task is. You can use your reason and your knowledge to talk to yourself and say, yes, I want to do it. And tell yourself why it's good for you to do it. Even if you maybe don't really want to do it. So in that moment, you will do your best. And sometimes, first we have to change our mind or change the action. Because whatever you do, there will be a reaction. 
So if we change the action and change the energy behind the action, then we can look more forward to a reaction or a response or an effect that's more positive if we generate a positive energy in what it is that we're doing, the way we're doing the action. Now, because if there's something that you don't like to do, then avoiding it will only cause a bigger problem for you. And then you're not being impeccable. So if you have a problem, even if you don't want to face it, it's better to face the problem, whatever it is, and just do your best. Because once you've done that, then you don't have to worry about it anymore. You just do your best with whatever resources you have in that moment. And remember, we made the reference earlier to your best will not be the same. Your best is not a stagnant, static state. It will change. Sometimes you have greater capacity than others, depending on your mood, depending on your level of energy, depending on the activity. Here's another um, a question, common question. You know, I've been taking care of other people my entire life. Recently, I decided to put myself first and take care of some of my own needs. And as soon as I decided this, the judge came up and said, no, 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 you're being selfish. You should be taking care of everybody else. Well, that's how I've lived my life. And I've been totally empty. And Miguel says that people around you are used to you helping them and sacrificing yourself for them. They can ask you for whatever they want, and they know you'll do it for them. But then the day you stop doing that, what happens? <laughs> well, others are going to tell you that you're selfish. And who is really selfish? Are you the martyr, the selfish one? Or is it the one who takes advantage of the selfish one? You no longer need to take care of other people, but you believe that you do. It's one of the agreements that you have with yourself. And you can break that agreement by doing exactly the opposite, by practicing the opposite. Then many other agreements that limit your freedom will go along with it. And you can resolve and dissolve and take stock. Ask yourself, what are the agreements that are operating and running your life? And you can free yourself up by changing those agreements, letting go of them, becoming aware that you have these limiting agreements that are um, keeping you in a state and in a situation that may be not what you want anymore at all. And then, you know, we need the support and acceptance of others We need to be good enough for somebody else. We even need someone else to need us in order to feel like we have a reason to be alive. What think people think about us is important. That we try to please everybody else and leave ourselves last. These are some of those old agreements that keep us limited and keep us small. You know, doing your best doesn't mean to try to be good enough for somebody else. Because you'll never be good enough for someone else. The truth is that with all your agreements, 
you will never be good enough for yourself either. No matter what you do, it won't be right. Your best is never good enough because you made those agreements with the judge who lives in your mind. And you will never be able to please that judge in your mind. You know, that judge in your mind, it's very strict and it's strong and it can be abusive and it can really give you a hard time. So there's really only one way to silence the voice of the judge, and that's to make new agreements with ourselves. So if we're going to have agreements... The smartest, wisest thing to do is to make agreements. Let's have agreements that are that are going to make us happy. Make agreements that are going to put you in a place where you can feel fulfilled and satisfied and where you can enjoy your life. You know, by practicing the four agreements, we can find the truth of ourselves. And by transforming old habits... We can accept ourselves unconditionally. We can recover our confidence. And we can rediscover our inner beauty and the truth of our love and respect and self-love. Now, the four agreements, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. These are great guidelines, these four agreements. And and if you pay attention to these, I'm sure it can help you to kind of sift through all these old, outdated, outmoded agreements that we've been operating out of that make us feel limited and small, that just don't fit who we are and that are just not true about who we are. So I thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. I'm your ever-grateful host, Leah Brenda-Smith. And I encourage you to do some inner housekeeping with your own agreements and make sure that the agreements that you have and that you're following are ones that are taking you in the direction of where you want to go to be the best possible version of yourself. So thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, I encourage you to relax and enjoy life. We hope you've enjoyed our program today, and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.